Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Well, why don't we give the Lord some praise together right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles this morning, you would turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse number 42. Give honor to our pastor. <clears throat> I know he's not here, but I still honor him and uh, appreciate him and his family. Bishop, Sister McGee, honor them. If you're glad to be in church this morning, why don't you say Amen. Look at your neighbor again, and let's practice that smile again. Somebody smile at somebody. Uh, that might be a little bit better. We've still got a few we need to work on. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse number 42. The Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayer. For a few minutes this morning, I want to title my subject today, A Question. Why church? Why? Because here's the fact of the matter, if you don't know why, then it won't stick. It won't last. It don't matter what you're doing. If you don't know why you're doing it, eventually you'll question whether you should or whether you shouldn't. We need to understand our why today. Let's lift our hands one more time and ask God to touch us this morning. Father, we're so thankful for you today. We're thankful, God, for your, your spirit. We're thankful, Lord, for your, your anointing, for your word. Your word is already anointed. Help me today, God, to say and speak what you would have to be spoken. I don't want to add to it or take away. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. That's a courtesy and not a command. Why church? I would dare say some of you have asked that question already. At some point in your walk with God. At some point in your life. Why? You've probably been asked by people. Why do you go to church? Or maybe you've been asked, why do you go to church so much? Wednesday, really? Sunday night, really? Sunday morning's kind of a given in pop culture. People kind of get that one. Why church? In society today, the topic of church has become something that is something people do when they have time. Something people commit to when it works for them. I'm talking about society. In society today, church has become optional. And if you don't believe me, just stay, stay tuned to this channel. Many people understand that Christians are supposed to go to church. question is why? Why do we go to church? Why do we have service the way we do? Why is the church involved in the community? Why do we need a pastor? Why is attendance to church of value? We can find in the word of God that the purpose of the church, according to God's holy writ, is to teach Bible doctrine, provide a place of worship for believers, it's for, hang on now, fellowship. Now if we've never had evidence of the church needing to be a place of fellowship before, we had this over the last two and a half years. When we entered a pandemic and we come back 
dry as dead bones. Not altogether because of spiritual reasons. We were still having church. We've talked about this. But there's something in human connection that God made that fellowship has value for my soul. Church is, according to the word of God, the purpose of the church is for discipleship. Discipleship. Teaching the way. Patterning the way. Demonstrating the way. You know, we should have, in this assembly, we should have people who are strong in their doctrines with God and the Word of God. We should have people that are kind of in the middle just working on it. And we should have people that don't have a single clue what's going on. And every step of the way we should be teaching, we should be fellowshipping, we should be discipling, and we should be, as the church, showing the way. The purpose of the church is also for prayer, and it is for community. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 21 states, And having an high priest over the house of God, in the house of God, In the church of God, there is an high priest in charge. When you go to church, Jesus is our high priest. He is there to perform priestly duties in your life of keeping you in touch with the presence of God in your life. I believe I was reading a different version, but that's all right. Everyday life. Everybody say everyday. Everyday life can drain you of your joy. Come on, let's get honest with each other this morning. Mondays can simply drain you. Tuesdays can drain you. Wednesdays can drain you. Thursdays can drain you. Fridays, I might still be on an empty cup, but I feel a little bit better on Friday. Right? There's a reward, hopefully, hopefully. Life can drain you. Church can restore the joy. Now, let, let, me, let me be clear about what I'm saying this morning. I'm not saying that coming to church solves all your problems. Because it doesn't. And since that we are uh, in church, we, we live a, a spiritual and we fight a spiritual battle, to some extent, I'll be honest with you, coming to church might make a few things worse. So what's the value in it? Well, one, when I come to church and I see I have fellowship with like brothers and sisters going through the same things I'm going through, allow me to just make the cliche this morning, misery loves company for just a moment, not because we want to be miserable, but there's something that helps me if I know you can relate to what I'm going through. No man is an island to himself. What our enemy wants to do is get everybody off to themselves. Because it's easier to deceive Eve if Adam's not around. So coming to church doesn't solve all my problems, but I'll tell you what it does do. It does change my perspective. It does encourage me. It does, Brother Mike Trout, it does on a Wednesday night whenever life is draining me through the week and I come in and I don't want to be here. But a couple of songs later and a Bible study later after hearing the word of God, because let me remind you this morning, the Bible says that our faith is increased by hearing the word of God. I don't have to be prophesied to. I don't have to have hands laid on me. I don't have to sing half a dozen songs and see people shout and feel that, that overwhelming presence of God. All I've got to do is be in his house. That whenever I leave that Wednesday night, I might not have all my problems solved, but I feel a little bit stronger than I did 90 minutes beforehand. That strength, that refill in my cup, that refill in my tank is what gives me a little bit more strength to go through the next day. 
everyday life can wear you down. Church will revive you. Life has a way of making you weary. Church can bring new strength. Verse number 22 of Hebrews chapter 10 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. When we go to church, we draw near to God with a sincere heart, believing God will cleanse the heart from the guilty conscience life has brought you. Verse number 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Somebody say, without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. It's that without wavering that we need to understand today. As long as you allow church to become optional for you, your salvation will become optional. And you will not hold faith without wavering. Look around at the empty spaces in the seats that used to not be empty today. That's all the proof that you need to know is that if, if this becomes optional, God becomes optional. And when God becomes optional, there's nothing off the table. You say, oh, but Brother Mason, I, I would never do that. Don't, 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 don't say that. Oh, I would, I would, I'd, ne I'd never do that. I'm looking at some people this morning that once upon a time might have made the statement, I would never do that. And you did. Verse number 24 says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. At church, we encourage one another. At church, we love one another. At church, we don't always hear what we want to hear. Because that provoke unto love and to good works. I don't always need to be told how good I am. That's ego. That's flesh. I need a man of God that is willing to say, you're wrong. This is wrong. That over there, it's not right. That over there, the act of it may not be wrong, but the fact you're putting it before God makes it wrong. It's dangerous. There are some things, it's not that the event is wrong, it's how we manage it that becomes wrong. It becomes sin to us because we make God optional and that our priority. When was the last time? Obviously this is a rhetorical question, I don't want you answering me out loud. But When was the last time that you encouraged someone at church? Instead of just our stereotypical handshake and cheesy smile, how you doing today? God bless you. When was the last time you encouraged someone? Because that's what the Bible says. When was the last time that you provoked someone to be better? I'm just letting that sink in. That's right. So verse number 25 we're leading up to states, and, and you know it, you've, you've heard Bishop for sure say it over the years, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we have to look at why. Now, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, I believe is rightfully interpreted as if we're having church, the Bible is, is giving us due instruction that we need to be in our house of God. Now, I'm not going to debate with you about churches that have three services on Sunday or one. That, that's not a debate that I'm willing to have. 
And I'm not going to tell you that there's anything wrong with just having one Sunday church. It works in some places. But if you have one Sunday service, then not forsaking this, the assembling of ourselves together applies to that one service. If you have three services, it applies to those three services. Are you, are you with me? So whatever it is that applies to us to assemble ourselves together in the house of God. Well, I can have church at home. Yeah, you, you can. I suppose you can. I have. But it's not the same. It's easier not to. It's easier. I've, I've noticed, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them myself, all right? No one can get mad at me for telling bad stuff about me, all right? Uh, I'll just tell you all the, the, the nasty junk on myself. But in the times where I have been home, because if I'm home and I'm not here, then obviously so, something's wrong, right? Not, not feeling good, sick, whatever. My case, usually the room's spinning and I can't stand up. So when I'm home, Brother Andrew, and I'm, I've got the service on, I have found that there are times, there are times, I will tell you, there are times that I, I worship, but it's not the same. And I'll tell you that there are times I have found that it's so easy for me to just listen to it like it's just another show. Can I be honest with you this morning? So we need to be careful about allowing uh, technology to become our excuse not to be in God's house. Now I, I know we, we've got we've got people we've got we've got people that are shut in. We've we've got saints of this church that are at home, and that's their only means of being here. And we've touched on that before, and I'll continue to touch on that because I respect that, and we're glad to have them with us today. And I know they're worshiping. They're, they're, they're better than I am. They're worshiping because that's all they've got. But because I normally have the opportunity to be here whenever I'm not, and that's my, that's my backup plan, my backup plan just isn't as good as my main plan. So there's value in being in God's house. But we need, I need to understand the why of the church truthfully. And to do this, we have to ask ourselves some very tough and thought-provoking questions. These questions are one, and as I ask them, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, just why? Why do you go to church? Why, why are you here right now? What do you think would happen if we never came together to worship God? Now, we almost saw this two years ago. Well, I guess we kind of did, exception, the exception to the, the four or five that were here putting church on for everybody. And I can tell you, I've told you before, even being on this side of it, it wasn't the same. Number four, question, what do you think would happen? Now, I want you to hear this carefully, and I'm not looking. But just as self-analysis today, what do you think would happen if everyone mirrored your measure of faithfulness? Because I'm afraid sometimes we expect bishop to be faithful. We expect pastor to be faithful. We expect certain people that are always here to be faithful. And as long as they're there, that's fine, but no one needs me. We allow our enemy, the devil, our adversary, to convince us that we're just optional, so it's okay if I'm not there because they're there. Show me in the Word of God where you can find that. Because you won't find it. Fifth question, what would happen if every time you miss church, everyone else missed too? Just want you to think about it. There is a decline of North American church attendance. 
We're fooling ourselves if we don't think that's the case. Less than 20%. Now, these statistics are just a tad old. I really don't know what they are today. But listen to this. Less than 20% of Americans regularly attend church. Less than 20%. There's about 330 million people in the country. And less than 20% of that attend church regularly. If you went, let me ask you a question, and again, it's rhetorical. I don't want you to answer it out loud. I just want you to think about it. But if you only went to your job less than 20% of the time, how long would you have a paycheck? If, 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 if Brother Fred only went to his shop as the business owner 20% of the time, it's likely, likely, I can't promise it, but it's likely he wouldn't have any customers. Or the, the few customers he would have wouldn't pay the bills. If I showed up to my job 20% of the time, I know what would happen. I wouldn't have a job. They'd say, thank you for your 20%, but you're missing 80. There's a problem here. And there's also a problem in our spiritual walk with God if we can give 80% more to everything else so that we don't give to God. The decline of the North American church, churches established 40 to 190 years ago are declining. Up to 10,000 churches close per year in America. Up to 10,000 per year close. America is becoming quickly and has already become a mission field. The increase in the number of churches, and churches being started is only 25% of what is needed to keep up with America's population growth. At the current rate, by 2050, that sounds like a long way away, but it's really not. At the current rate, by 2050, church attendance will be half of what it was in 1990. This is true in spite of the fact, watch this now, this is true in spite of the fact that 70 to 75% of Americans consider themselves Christians. So, let me break it down. Three out of four Americans say they're Christians, but only one in five go to church on Sunday. Now, allow me to just uh, explain to us today, very briefly, just a little bit about human tendency. We're not going to believe in something very long if we don't put any time into it. So, eventually... What happens is it explains to us that we live in a culture that believes you can be a Christian without attending church. It's a dangerous, dangerous place to be in when pop culture starts, starts being the deciding factor of our actions. The reason why we set so far apart from today's society is because we're supposed to. We are supposed to be peculiar. We are supposed to be different. We are supposed to be set apart and not like the world. We are supposed to be, as the New Testament explains to us, in the world, but not of the world. We are supposed to look different, act different, talk different. Behave different. Live different. We're supposed to be. And that's easier today than it ever has been. Being different today is a whole lot easier than being different was 40 years ago. Because everybody's different. There's... There's more Fruit Loops on the sidewalk and the streets today than there ever has been. 
and we're worried about being different? Three out of four say they're Christian. One out of five go to church. Why attend church? Why? The, the church in the book of Acts was very different than the average church today. They saw signs, wonders, and miracles regularly. They had prayer meetings where the entire building shook. They gave freely to each other to help meet the needs of the church. They established friendships that reached outside of the church walls and connected people with life-changing experiences. So does church attendance matter? To answer the question, we must turn to the Word of God. I'm not here just to give you my opinions today. We need to look at the Word of God. We need to hear the preached Word of God at church because that's where our faith is built. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 14 says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? So Jesus promised that if we would come together in worship, he would visit us. Matthew 18 and 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The writer of Hebrews tells us that the closer we get to the second coming, the more faithful we should be. We've already read it once this morning. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Now we just saw that in the statistics. As the manner of some is, not forsaking, as the manner of some is, three or out of four say they're Christian, one out of five go to church. So that's four out of five that's forsaking. If we are to truly be apostolic, walking in the example of the apostles, we'll find that church attendance is important to our walk with God. Those early believers met in the temple. How often? Daily. Surely, surely we can sacrifice a couple of hours on Sundays and an hour, hour and a half on Wednesdays, depending on how how much vigor pastor has in him. Now we understand that the Bible instructs us to congregate, but let's examine why. There's three reasons I want to present to you today to attend church. Three reasons. One, number one, is to entertain the Spirit of God. We enter the holy place through the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament, there's symbology here. In the Old Testament, the Israelites worshipped where? In the tabernacle. The tabernacle had three parts. The outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. People could bring sacrifices to the outer court, but that was as far as they were permitted to go. I want you to imagine this today creatively in your mind. Even the high priest was not allowed to enter the holy, the holy of holies anytime he chose to. He could only go in once a year, and he was the only one that could go. We have... We have... The Holy of Holies, the Spirit of the living God abiding with us through His presence every time we come to His house. I wonder sometimes if it's not so readily available to us that it's just like, eh, if I don't have it this week, He'll be there next week. The tabernacle, one man once a year could enter the presence of God. Now let me be truthful with you this morning. Now this is, this is just me. Again, I'm going to tell all the nasty stuff on myself. This is just me, and if it's not you, God bless you. I, I need to learn from you. But I just don't know that I trust another man enough to get into the presence of God for me. What if he forgets me? Because this is how they were redeemed. This is how they were saved. This is how they were forgiven. There was no altar for them. 
There was no repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost and then pray to him directly. It was bring your sacrifice and then watch a priest go in through the Holy of Holies one time of year to ask God for forgiveness for you. I just don't have that much trust. Now forgive me. But what if he forgets me? What if I die in the meantime? Now they did what they had to do because that's all they were allowed to do. But that's not the case today. God was not pleased with the veil of separation between us and him. So Jesus, God robed in flesh, died on the cross to give us access to God's spirit so that now we can entertain God's presence any time we choose. While we should entertain God's spirit in private devotion, it's still necessary to do so in a congregation. Pentecost happened in Acts chapter 2 when the disciples prayed together. Acts 16, prison doors flew open when Paul and Silas worshipped together. Acts 3, the lame man at the gate called Beautiful received healing when Peter and John walked together into the house of the Lord. Matthew 18, Jesus promised at any time two or three people would gather together in his name that he would be present with them. It doesn't make any difference if we've got three here, 20 here, or 300. If we're calling on the name of Jesus, he promised that he would join us. The number one reason to come to church is to get into the presence of God. Why don't you lift your hands right now and just love him together this morning. I'm thankful for his presence today. Thank you, Jesus. The number two reason is because there's unity found at church. Psalmist even talked about how, how beautiful it is that brethren dwell together in unity. How do you dwell together separately? This isn't too deep this morning. This is, this is, this is pretty shallow, right? How, how, how do we, it's pretty simple. If I'm going to dwell together with someone, I have to be physically within location of them. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Our faith. Somebody shout our faith. Our faith without wavering. There are people that I have seen. Sister Margaret, you've seen them. They're shouting on Sunday. They're backslid on Monday. They'll come back to church on Wednesday. They'll be faithful to church. Now let me just segue here just a little bit. I'm not, I'm not teaching this morning that church attendance is all we need to do. But before we can grow deeper in God, we've got to first at least have the basics down right. There's more than just being here that we need to do, but we need to first establish that we need to be here. And the reason why some folk are up on one day, down the next, and they're up and down and up and down like a yo-yo is because they're not holding on to their faith. They're not holding on to a belief that Jesus is real, that the church is necessary, and that he's coming again. So we have to hold on. We have to put a stake in the ground and say, this is what I believe. This is it. There are, there are probably, I know I've got some. Other places I've lived had them. I assume everybody here does too. If you own a, a, a house or, or a, a trailer or anything that has property with it, you've got boundary lines that have stakes. 
somewhere, they may, they may be down low to the ground, but somewhere there's something that identifies that this is your property line. Somebody had to put a stake in the ground to say this is where the property, this is the de definition of it. We need to do the exact same thing in our walk with God and put a stake in the ground for both ourselves and our adversary to say this is what I believe. I'm done wavering. I'm done tossing back and forth. I'm done with indecision saying, well, you know, I kind of believe that. I like what I feel, but I'm not sure I agree with everything else. No, 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 no. If you want to go deeper in your walk with God, you need to make some decisions, and you need to say, this is what I believe. Because until you say, this is what I believe, you'll fall for anything. If you don't know what you believe or you don't know why you believe it, then you will fall for everything that comes your way. That's wavering. That's instability. The reason why some structures withhold in a hurricane or a tornado is because of stability. It's because of the foundation. It's because of the way they're structured, the way that they're built. We need to have the same thing. This isn't in my notes, but I feel it in Revelation today. We need to have the same thing in our walk with God. We need to have a firm foundation. We need to have good footing. And then we need to be able to stand firm and say, this is what I believe. This is why I believe it. You don't have to agree with me, but this is where the buck stops. I believe this. And whenever I know what I believe and I know in whom I believe, then I can come to church and I can fall in line with unity with my brothers and sisters in the Spirit of God. Because together, together, we hold fast. He said, let us. It's another clue in the Word of God that this is not just me. It doesn't say let the preachers. It doesn't say let the saints. It says let us. Somebody say us. Somebody say us means me. Uh, some of you didn't say it, but that's all right. We'll teach it anyway. Let us hold fast the profession of whose faith? Brother Zach, can you put Hebrews 10.23 back up, please? Thank you. Let us hold fast the profession of whose? 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 Our faith. This doesn't say, well, let, let me hold fast the profession of my faith because I'm not by myself. It's not God's design for me to be by myself. And if it's not God's design for me to be by myself, it's not God's design for you to be by yourself. Let us, in the body of Christ, in the church of the living God, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. For he is faithful that promised. 1 Peter 3 and 8, finally, be ye all of one mind. Mm. Lord, have mercy. If that's never been difficult, it's got to be difficult in 2022. Some of us, the reason I know this is because I've done it too. Come to church, come together think about what went wrong that day we think about what what we got to do tomorrow I, I heard this I was listening to a message yesterday and I, I heard heard the man make make a statement it stuck with me he said there's two days that'll keep us from engaging in worship and engaging with the Word of God two days that'll keep us from doing it yesterday and tomorrow yesterday because of guilt because of anxiety, because of things that didn't happen, didn't get to go right, and tomorrow because of worry and anxiety and fretting over what tomorrow brings. We lose our present tense reality over what happened yesterday and over what's going to happen tomorrow, and every day there's always another tomorrow to worry about. And it's not God's will for us to come to the church and come into his house and sit there and worry about tomorrow and miss what he's wanting to do today. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, 
and be courteous. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together. Everybody say together. Together in the same mind and in the same judgment. How do we know if we're in the same mind and in the same judgment? It's because we're in the same place. I need the church. And allow me to speak on your behalf this morning just because I believe it's right. You need the church. We need to mature in our walk with God today. Put that stake in the ground firmly and stop allowing God to become optional. Because for some reason in society today, God is, is seen as this, this trophy on the shelf that he's there and I'll dust him off every once in a while but as long as I don't need him, I leave him alone. And once I need him, I'll go get him off the shelf and I'll pet him a little bit and I'll talk to him just a little bit because I'm in need. And he is, the Bible declares that he's a jealous God. He doesn't want to share his glory with anybody else. Somebody say amen. amen. Ephesians 4, and I'm hastening to a close this morning. Ephesians 4, verse number 1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech that you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. One spirit, even as you are called in the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Acts 4.32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they, all, they had all things need the same mindset. The reason why the Holy Ghost was poured out at Pentecost was because they had the same mind. They were together. 120. Together. You can be together and not be in unity. When church stops becoming just a social club and we come to church to see God, We'll be of the same mind. Well, that's all right. Number three, we come to church, and this possibly, possibly is the deal breaker. We come to church to maintain accountability. And the reason why I say that this is possibly the deal breaker is because accountability is seen as a dirty word in our society today. No one thinks they should be accountable to anybody for anything. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I'll do what I want to. I'll believe what I want to. I'll say what I want to, where I want to, when I want to. We live in the rudest society that's ever lived on the face of planet Earth. But yet we expect to bring that society's norms into the church and expect God to move. It will never work. It will never work. It does not work that way. It works according to the Bible. It works according to God's ways. Well, they're old and they're antiquated. They're not near as old as what his presence is, and it's still just as real today as it was 2,000 plus years ago. Because you see, I actually believe that God spoke to a man who built a boat and it rained. I don't know if you do or not, but I do. I actually believe that there was an actual ark that floated that saved eight people and God started all over. I actually believe that somewhere on planet earth in a spiritual realm there used to be a garden called Eden where God molded man and woman into existence and breathed the breath of life. You see, these aren't just cute little kindergarten stories we tell to our three and four year olds on a Sunday morning. These have to take life. 
They have to become real, and we have to believe that this is the Word of God designed for us to believe in how great He is, how wonderful He is, and that if no other reason, I need to be in His house to hear from Him because there were people 2,000 years ago that heard from Him. Why can't I? But I pose you with a question this morning. I, 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 well, I, I don't apologize. This, this might be a little in the face this morning, but it, it just is what it is. It's the Word of God. We need to be accountable to God. But we also need to be accountable to each other. How else are we going to provoke one another to good works if we're not accountable to each other? Because I might not be walking the right path. Might not. Now I understand this is this is taboo in 2022 because everybody gets offended at everything. I understand this is dangerous, but this is still God's word. And if his word's forever settled in heaven, it doesn't change just because American society's changed. I need an elder to put her loving arms around me sometime and say, How you doing? Because you haven't been looking yourself lately. That hasn't been recent. There have been, a, there have been a few times this lady has hugged up to me in the past, especially in my younger years, and spoke a few words in my ear and said, I've just not been seeing you worship the way that you Oh, really? Now, because she was my elder, she probably, I hope, if I did my job right, she never knew that that ruffled my feathers. But she's smart enough to know whenever I walked away, I probably thought, oh, what in the world was that about? How would you react in 2022 if somebody walked up to you at the end of the service and said, uh, I've noticed you've not been worshiping lately. What's wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who she thinks she is? My God, they, they're just rude down there. I think I'll go somewhere where they love me. I'm in overtime. I told you I'd close soon. The, the plane's landing. But let me tell you something. If your version of love is never being told what's right, if love to you stops whenever someone corrects you, then you've never known real love. I need to be accountable. We battle a sinful culture on a daily basis. Walking down the mall or walking down the sidewalk can be an exercise in guarding our eyes, our hearts, and our minds today. While living righteously is a personal battle, it's much easier when you're in the battle with other people. So if the question today is why church... My question would be, why not? Stand with me this morning. I'm closing. I promised you. I want to close with this verse. Brother Zach, I'm going to Proverbs 27 and 17. It says, iron sharpeneth iron. We quote this a lot, especially in men's conferences and, and everything, but this is not just for men. I won't take away from that either. Iron sharpeneth iron. Get a picture on that. Sharpening a blade. Iron sharpeneth iron. What's that process look like whenever you're scoring a piece of metal against another piece of metal? You, you, it could be some sparks. But something, for it to be sharpened, something has to be abrasive. Right? You, you don't sharpen a blade without putting it against a, an abrasive stone that's capable of cutting the metal and reshaping that, that serrated edge. Iron sharpeneth iron sounds good. It's, it's a, it's a three-word statement. It sounds good until you live it. 
But to live iron sharpens iron means I'm going to subject myself enough to you as my brother or sister to be accountable, to allow you to speak to me in love, provoking one another to good works, right? I'm not talking about uh, abrasively walking up to someone and saying, bless God, you're going to hell. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is loving someone, uh, someone enough that whenever we see them walking at the end of the forked road, we see them veering off toward the wrong direction to put our arms back around them and allow iron to sharpen iron in love. To say, hey, you're better than this. You can do it. I still believe in you. You're not doing it today, but I still believe in you. You need to return back to your former days. I still believe in you. That's iron sharpening iron. Let's not allow, this is the challenge of the day, let's not allow the culture of this age to afflict us so much in our thinking that we don't allow God to speak to us through one another. We must allow ourselves to be accountable for the way we live. The house of God must be a safe place where people can go find hope It's very simple. Why is corporate worship important? Because we need God and we need each other. I wonder if you'd lift your hands in prayer with me right now. And let's pray. Let's, let's pray. Pray in your own way. Out loud to yourself. Whatever makes you happy today. But let's pray. Pray for God to help us commit to staying in the church. Pray for God to help us enter into a spirit of unity. And pray that God will teach us to stir up each other in love and good works. We need each other. We need the church. We need God's house. I need to be in His presence today. Oh God, help me today. Help me today. I don't get it right every day of the week. I, I need to follow the pattern of accountability with my brothers and my sisters. I actually do need to worry about what somebody else thinks and I need to listen to them as long as they're advising me with wise counsel according to your spirit and your word. Why church today? Because that's where God's at. And that's where my life has changed. And that's where I'm encouraged today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.